welcome to the third episode of the Bad Gals Book Club, the podcast. I just want to start this off by saying if I sound sick, it's because I am. The last week, the summer cold just took me out. It is springtime here in Australia and it's been so hot and I swear, like as soon as the weather changes, I get sick and the summer ones, like spring, summer colds, I find are always worse for me. I just also find it funny that I traveled back to Canada and went to the UK and Greece all in a month and didn't get sick. And then I come back to Australia, do nothing and then get taken out by a cold. So, I mean, it is what it is. I had a really great week of just reading books and watching TV. I caught up on all the trash reality TV that I've been meaning to watch. And I also feel like I just veered towards everything set in the UK. I watched Ted Lasso I watched Hijacked and I started watching the David Beckham documentary and then I was reading Magnolia Parks, but for the life of me still, I cannot read Magnolia Parks in like a UK accent. (laughs) And sometimes they say things and I'm like, oh, this would have sounded way cooler if I wasn't reading it in my silly little Canadian accent. If I could read all their voices in how they're meant to sound it would just be 10 times better. I think I have to listen to the audiobook when I do like a reread because, wow, like unless they're saying something from Love Island, I just can't think of it in a UK accent. You think I could? Because at this point with all like the TV I've watched that's set in the UK, I'm basically living in England, but here we are. Anyways, enough about that. Um, this week's episode, I really just wanted to get into what I read in September And as well, do a full deep dive of Magnolia Parks, especially because I feel like I was literally the last person to read the series. Um, I've never gotten so many people telling me to read a series in my life, and I'm so glad I finally did. So I have a lot of thoughts, but I first want to start going over just my September reads because we had a lot of good books. So let's get this book club started, shall we? The first book I read in September was The Inmate by Frida McFadden. And Frida cannot do wrong with a thriller. Like all of her thrillers are so entertaining. I really struggle with reading thrillers in general because I don't ever leave them feeling the same as you would with a romance book. Like I love the feeling of being like, like all you can do is think about a book. Whereas thrillers do that. I tend to think about the book for maybe a day and then it just, you know, when it comes up, I'll get excited, but it just isn't the same like as in romance books. However, how I rate thrillers or how entertained I was. And I know a lot of people also include in their thrillers how realistic the thriller is, but at the end of the day, like are thrillers even realistic? Like if you have a good twist, it's never going to be that realistic. Anyways, again, enough of my tangents. Let's get into the actual book itself. So the book is about Brooke, who moves back to her hometown after her parents passed away, and she ends up working in a prison where her ex-boyfriend, Shane, is. And she is actually the one who got Shane into prison. So in this book, you kind of go for past and present of what happened that one night that got him in prison. And then you kind of start questioning whether he was really innocent or guilty. And this book really had all the twists. Like, I feel like I have whiplash from it. It was one of those books where the twist happens and you're like, hmm, saw that coming. 
And then another twist happens. You're like, didn't see that coming. And then even up until the last chapter, you're getting some twists thrown at you. So I really recommend this. I couldn't really put it down. I was so entertained reading it. And that is what I look for in a thriller. So if you are someone who likes just a good bingeable thriller, I would recommend The Inmate. I just, I don't know. I've never read a Frida book that I don't like. I think Frida just knows how to write a thriller and keep you so engaged the whole time. So I would definitely recommend that one. Loved reading it. I think it's perfect for like the autumn spooky vibes. The next book I read was Same Time Next Summer by Annabelle Monahan. And I feel like this is a very underrated book. I really haven't seen many reviews on it. Um, I saw maybe one or two, but it wasn't until one of my friends messaged me saying that it reminded her of Sweet Home Alabama. Um, and if you've watched that movie, it's just, I feel like it's a bit of a Reese Witherspoon classic. So as soon as she told me that, I was like, okay, I need to read this book because I used to love that movie. And that's exactly the vibe that this book gives is Sweet Home Alabama. The storylines are pretty similar other than the fact that they're not in the South. They are in more of New York, New Jersey area. Anyways, this book is a second chance romance. So I will preface to say my rating is very high. I'm pretty sure I gave this book five stars. And I usually give most second chance romances five stars. Mostly because I feel like I could do a whole episode on why I love them so much, but nothing just gets like pulls up my heartstrings more than hearing about someone fall in love for the first time. Something about your first love or reading about a first love, I just think is so sweet. Like the innocence of it and just like the motions you go through. I think about like little Jenna falling in love for the first time and how like sweet that was. I mean, Think about the guy kind of like, yikes, like glad that didn't work out. But you know what I mean? The feeling of it is just, it's just nice. And then reading them, like rediscovering each other as adults and falling in love almost for the second time because it's a new version of yourself. I just, I really love it. I, there's probably some psychology behind this, but I really just love it. And this book really does that. You get to see that innocence of the relationship where um, Sam and Wyatt, the characters first fall in love to them rekindling years and years later. So in this book, it goes from past and present with Sam and Wyatt, and it goes from them falling in love at their family's beach houses to then having to go back years later because Sam is getting married and she had not seen Wyatt for years and he was there for other reasons. So what I found interesting with this book is not only is it about Sam and Wyatt's love story. It is a lot about Sam just navigating her adulthood and what she thinks she has to do. And I think it touches on a really important topic that a lot of us are going through. I think we all think there's the steps that we have to take in our adult life and the careers that we have to be in and where we have to be at what stage. And I found that the character Sam was going through those and she navigated it really well. And I think a lot of us can relate to her character about this. And I just really love when a rom-com book still touches on hard topics like this because you feel a bit more seen and heard. So not only are you connecting to the characters through their love story, but I feel like on a personal level, you're also able to connect to them. So if you really want a fun summer romance, I would definitely recommend Same Time Next Summer. 
I just, I don't know. If you watched Sweet Home Alabama and loved it, you will love this. And I just, the author just wrote it really well. I really enjoyed it. I've looked at a lot of reviews on Goodreads and I, I feel like it's a crowd favorite. I just don't know why more, I just don't know why more people aren't talking about it. So I definitely recommend this book. I really loved it. That's all I can say. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it was just really good. Um, the next book I read was Magnolia Parks, but we will get into that at the end. And then I read Beach Read. I actually did this um, as a buddy read with Marty, who's at Consistently Reads on Instagram. I was kind of the worst buddy reader, to be honest, because I was coming off of a Magnolia Parks hangover and it was so hard to get into another book. But I'm really glad that I did this buddy read because I don't think I would have read this book had I not done the buddy read, mostly because I follow Caitlin B on Instagram and I remember her saying she hated Beach Read and a lot of my tastes are similar to hers. Like I feel like mostly most of the time when she recommends a book, I do love it. And she hated Beach Read. So I was like, I'm probably going to hate this book. And you know what? I can say that was wrong because I didn't hate it. It's not my top favorite ever, but I really did enjoy Beach Read. And this was also my first ever Emily Henry book. But similar to Same Time Next Summer, I feel like this book was really good on touching on a hard topic while still maintaining a rom-com type vibe. So the book is about January and Gus. Wait, are there any January and August? Now I'm like, <laughs> I have to double check the character names. There's no way. Oh, it's January and Augustus. I mean, <laughs> sometimes names in books just make me giggle a little bit. So it's about January and Gus who end up being neighbors because January discovers that her dad had a second home after he had passed. And January and Gus are both authors. They end up just kind of going to like a little writer's competition, kind of en enemies to lovers type vibes there. And I don't know. It was cute. <laughs> I feel like I don't have much to say about their romance. I really like the characters. I don't love the development of their relationship. There was so much miscommunication, which I hated, but I loved their banter. I loved their chemistry. And I just, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I just didn't really care for the parts of the development of their love story. Um, but I feel like some people might, it was just so back and forth for me, which is funny that I'm judging right now because that's all of Magnolia Parks but I don't know I didn't really connect with the characters in that way but what I did connect with is as I said this book also touches on some hard topics which is grief so when January lost her father and discovered that he ha had this whole second house there was a lot of kind of conflict that came with it and I think the one thing with grief and people passing which a lot of people don't consider is that just because someone passes away doesn't mean your relationship with them just becomes perfect. It doesn't mean that any, if they had ever wronged you, it doesn't mean that you just automatically forgive them. If you've listened to my first ever episode, um, you'll know that my mom passed away and we didn't talk for a long time. So I was really able to connect with the character over this. And grief is just so hard to begin with. And it's not the same for everyone. And I think Emily Henry does a really good job of touching on this. And as I said, 
we're reading about grief plus January having to navigate forgiving her father. And that it's just how she wrote such a difficult topic. I just was amazed by it. And I also just think how she was able to do this heavy of a topic and still have a rom-com book. I was so impressed. Like, I'm so excited to read more Emily Henry because of this. I think anyone who has dealt with grief, you'll really be able to connect with this character in a lot of ways because you can kind of read how there's so many parts to it than just losing somebody. So I really, really appreciate that aspect of this book. And I just really felt like I was able to connect with January for that reason. So loved that. Love when a rom-com can still touch on these topics. Again, I didn't love the development of the relationship part of this, but I did love the characters, love the banter. And I really think when you hear Beach Read, that's exactly what it is. If you're going on vacation, this is a perfect book. I feel like it's easy to pick up and put down. And I can't wait to read more of Emily Henry. But now let's get into Magnolia Parks. So if you haven't read it, you, you just have to. <laughs> if, well, if you liked Gossip Girl, this gives Blair and Chuck vibes. So if you liked Blair and Chuck and you liked Gossip Girl, I, you, you will like this. Um, the characters are kind of unlikable, but in a way you just end up loving them. And that's all I can say. So from here on out, if you haven't read, I would stop listening because there's going to be a crazy amount of spoilers. I'm, I have notes and notes and notes on my phone of things I need to discuss. So that was your morning. Actually, when I was writing my notes, I had to go through my DMs with Joe and Georgia. They are at bookish.joe and at reads with .george on Instagram because the amount of messages that I spammed them with while I was reading this and voice notes. I was like, I need to go back and listen to these so I can know more of my thoughts. Um, I ended up reading Daisy Hates and finish that. I'm not going to touch on that today, but I had to like refresh my Magnolia Parks brain because a lot of my thoughts have just gone crazier since reading Daisy Hates and I didn't want to add any of those spoilers. But wow, what a roller coaster Magnolia Parks is. I actually, when I first started reading it, I wasn't that into it. It took me a bit because I think mostly because it was a physical book and I usually read Kindle books. It just took me to, took me a second to adjust there. But then also I was like, oh my God, these people are so codependent on each other and they all need therapy. This book is insane. And then I loved them. So I think if you're reading this and you feel like, am I into this yet? I think that's normal. I don't know. It was for me at least. I have kind of split this up into a few parts. So I want to start by going over Magnolia's relationship with the different men in this book and then go through like a couple heartbreaking moments. And then we're going to finish off with the overall cheating scandal and my thoughts. And I had to ask for everyone's hot takes on the book. A lot of the hot takes I will touch on. So I'll bring this up. The only hot take I don't think I agree with is someone said that they liked the new covers better than the OG covers. I don't know if I agree with that. I think they're both great in a way, but the OG covers are just beautiful and I've just spent so much money to get copies of them. So that is a hot take that I do not agree with and I will not be touching on this further, but let's get into this. I want to first just talk about BJ and Magnolia. 
obviously it's like that's what we're here for that's the relationship that is the whole book that is magnolia parks um reading through it like i've said in this podcast earlier i hate miscommunication so i was getting so annoyed at this book but in a way where i still loved it they were on and off like every second like you anytime they be on i was like what what's gonna happen what little thing are they gonna get mad about not that everything's little i mean bj hooking up with girls all the time is like nothing feels worse than seeing a guy that you're interested in hooking up with someone else so i get why magnolia is upset but also like she's starts saying tom england imagine trying to compete with tom england like (laughs) that would drive me up the wall so Totally get it. But when I was reading this, you start to notice every action that BJ and Magnolia do are for each other in some way. Like they're always thinking of each other. Like BJ's tattoos are all about Magnolia. That just says everything. Like, I don't know if that's actually just like insane or that like it just shows how much he just loves her and thinks about her. And like every big part of his life is basically Magnolia. Like there was no BJ before him. And with Magnolia, she even mentions that I think in one scene that she does her makeup the way BJ likes it. Like she's actively thinking that like BJ's going to, this is how he likes my makeup. I'm going to wear my makeup this way. And what BJ wears, it's, I mean, Magnolia does pick up what everyone's wearing, but I feel like most of what BJ's wearing, there's something to do with her in it. Like she picked it out or it was her favorite or something. I feel like she never criticizes BJ's style either, which is like, is unheard of for Magnolia. If she has not one negative thing to say about what you're wearing, she must like you. That's what I think. I think like everything they do is just about each other, whether they realize it or not. I also think BJ just fits into Magnolia's life really well. Like he does everything in the like way she wants it. Like he showers before getting into bed because he knows that that's what she wants. And I feel like BJ and Magnolia are both very difficult people to be with. And somehow like they just work for each other. And I do love the characters now, but like, can you imagine dating either one of them? Like so much fricking work that they were just made for each other. I also really liked BJ and Bridget's relationship. I feel like how Bridget cares about BJ also speaks a lot into how he is perfect for Magnolia. Even when Bridget kind of calls him out and basically tells him to get his shit together, she still does want him to be with her sister. So I just think BJ fits into Magnolia's life so well that they really are soulmates Obviously, they're going to do some toxic things when they are really a toxic couple at this time. I also think it's because, well, one, BJ cheated. You can't get over cheating that easily. And two, I'm pretty sure they're in their like early 20s. And I don't think anyone can say they did not have any toxic traits when they were in their early 20s. Like you're still trying to figure out who you are. Of course, you're going to be somewhat toxic at that time. I feel like everyone like doesn't even know how to navigate a relationship until like their later 20s. So, I mean, that's my opinion. I could be completely wrong, but I definitely feel like 
the age and immaturity factor does play into how they're acting. And the reason why I think there's going to be a good redemption is because we're going to start reading as they grow and develop a bit more. There's so much character development in this book in general, and this is just book one that, you know, what are we going to see in the future books? So yeah, I mean, they're toxic, but they're made for each other is what is what I'm getting at. The other thing I really was doing for most of the book is just yelling at them to kiss. Like the amount of times they were close to you and I'm like, oh my God, just do it. And you'll realize how in love with you are with each other. That happens a lot. And then it got to the change room scene. And I'm so glad I had to wait that long because that scene, wow, that's all I can really say about it. I loved it. I laughed. I was like screaming, kicking my legs, being so giddy through it that I'm glad that I had to scream at the book like a hundred times to kiss to then get that part. I, I just loved that scene. It was just so good. That's all I could say about that. It was so good. Being said, I feel like anytime they were close to being together, just something so small would happen, which then brought BJ to another girl. And I don't know if that was kind of like in BJ Magnolia's head, I knew they, it's almost like they knew they had so much work to do before they could end up together. Like nothing was aligning because of that. I think the cheating thing, as much as BJ's like, you don't have to know who it is. You don't have to worry about it. No, she had to know. Because once you know who it is, Magnolia had to know about this. And there was never a good time for her to find out. Because even if they were in a healthy, good relationship for 10 years down the line, that was going to ruin it. So I don't know if it was like their brains were pushing each other away because they knew that they had this big secret that would really break them anyways, pulling them apart, if that makes sense. I think that was a big thing about why it was so back and forth. Because really, if you, if once Magnolia found out who BJ cheated on her with, and if they can move past that, I think the relationship will actually work. But I could not imagine being in a relationship and then finding out your boyfriend had cheated on you with your very best friend and then trying to get back together with him after that. Like that, it wouldn't have worked out. So I really like when I was skimming through the book yesterday to be like, what am I missing? What do I need to talk about? That was the first thing I thought of. Like now looking back at it, I just feel like it was so back and forth because subconsciously they were both like, no. There's so much work we still have to do and we need to move past this cheating thing and fi by finding out who it was, if we're ever going to have a chance together. Also too, I think even though there was that cheating and them always pulling back, their connection through this, you can see is insanely strong. And I know there's a lot of people who keep saying there is another character that we probably will like more than BJ which I don't want to say if you've just read the first book. And look, I agree. There's probably healthier relationships for Magnolia. Like maybe at that time, but I genuinely believe because of their connection that Magnolia and BJ can have a good, happy relationship. Maybe my toxic trait here is like rooting for the red flag, but like reading it, you can't deny that their connection is just so strong. Like the part where they do like their hard reset where they just stare at each other and hearing BJ's thoughts of how he thinks of Magnolia while 
they're just staring at each other. Like my heart melted. Like he notices all the small things. You can tell he knows every single thing about her. And you can just tell like that he loves her and he loves her so much. And throughout the whole book, like their love is just undeniable. And I just think it would be really hard to compete with that. And then when they rekindle, it's just, you don't read that with the other characters with Magnolia. So I just think in general, their relationship, although toxic, I think makes the most sense to me. And I think out of like most or any book characters I've ever read, theirs is undeniably the strongest love. And I know people will tell me I'm going to change my mind when I read a different book because of this other character that gets brought in. But right now I will die on the hill that BJ and Magnolia are soulmates and that no one can change my mind. And I think even if a great character comes in, I just think based on how you read about their love for each other and all of their history, I don't think anyone's better for each other. So again, I, my toxic trait could be that I'm just rooting for a red flag and toxic relationship here, but that's what I think. So now I want to get into the whole Tom and Magnolia thing. The amount of DMs I've gotten saying justice for Tom England, look, I get it, but I feel like no one's looking at the big picture here. For starters, they had an agreement. They, Tom knew what he was getting into. All of London knew about BJ and Magnolia. And Tom went for Magnolia knowing about this because he was in love with his sister-in-law of his deceased brother. Like, is is everyone forgetting that when they say justice for Tom England because Magnolia's in love with BJ? Like, are you kidding me? Maybe justice for Tom England that he deserves happiness, but come on. You knew what you were doing, Tom. You knew it. Like, you're in love with your sister-in-law of your deceased brother. Obviously, you're like, you know, you have some things to work on too. He in that party scene was just all about the sister-in-law, like Magnolia who, but we're all saying justice for Tom England. Like he definitely compared to BJ on paper is such a green flag and how he acts. He's mature, but also he's 30. Like I said, Magnolia and BJ are like in their early 20s. You're not your best version of yourself in your early 20s. If you are like, I'm surprised because looking back at me and my friends, we definitely were not. So I think like comparing a young 20-year-old to a 30-year-old, yes, it's going to be a better relationship with the like with the 30-year-old because by then he should know how to treat somebody and he should have the emotional intelligence that's better than a 23-year-old. So I don't know. I mean, I did love Tom. I loved him being in the book, I honestly loved him in BJ's romance in general. I think it was weird, but amazing. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think people are forgetting the big picture with Tom. I would love in whatever Magnolia Park's universe that he finds a really amazing person to settle down with, but I just don't think it's Magnolia. I They both need to go to therapy and figure out their attachment issues and then move on to like the right partners because Tom and Magnolia were never endgame. And I think if you see this, that they are, it's just because you love Tom. It's not because you love them together. That is my hot take right there. I mean, we don't know what Tom's point of view is on this. Like he could have been thinking of his sister-in-law the whole time as well. 
like, I mean, Magnolia fully was thinking about BJ's tattoos while getting it on with Tom. And then she went to BJ's room. So it just shows if you're in like that intimate of a moment and you can't even think about the hottie that you're with, you're not meant to be with that person. And also, was he thinking of Magnolia? He could have been thinking of his sister-in-law the whole time. We have no idea because we're not in his thoughts. We're just seeing what Magnolia sees. And I feel like there could be a lot more. So I don't know. I think Tom knew the whole time they were never going to end up together. He took Magnolia to BJ when she was upset about her parents' divorce. So yeah, justice for Tom England in the sense I hope he finds someone that he can fall in love with. More so justice for him that he is in love with his sister-in-law and obviously that's never going to work. I don't think we should feel bad about him and Magnolia because I think they both know it was always going to be a short-term thing. I think they learned a lot from each other and I think Magnolia was able to mature a bit through her relationship with Tom. And I even think BJ was able to mature a little bit through Magnolia's relationship with Tom because they saw more of a healthy relationship, which I really don't think these characters have ever seen a healthy relationship in their lives. I think Tom was a great learning point for everyone. And Tom still has some growing to do himself, but that's what I have to say about all of that whole Tom and Magnolia relationship. Love him. Love that he came in. Don't think they're endgame. I don't think we need to find any justice for him for Magnolia because I just, they knew. They knew the ending for that one. They might have convinced themselves otherwise for a bit, but I don't think they were ever meant to work out. But I do hope all the best for Tom. <laughs> just love how with fictional characters, we just start acting like they're real. I'm like, oh, I hope he finds someone great. Like he's this real guy. But if he was real, I, I would wish that upon him. And then the last thing, well, last relationship we need to touch on is Christian and Magnolia. And it's hard to say this now that I've read Daisy Hates, but I hated Christian this whole book. He was just so whiny. And I don't know. I think it's hard because kind of what I said in the beginning, they're all kind of unlikable characters. Like I love Magnolia now, but she's really, she's a lot of work. And as we all should be, I mean, make your boundaries, you know, but <laughs> there's just, I didn't understand how everyone just fell in love with her right away. And the whole Christian Magnolia thing I thought was just so like silly. Like she obviously fully used him. And I felt bad for Christian in the sense that like, Magnolia just kind of knew that he would numb the pain. She's like, he's a good guy to me. Like we're best friends, but I'm just going to go straight to him and then throw the love word around too easily. I think Magnolia has a lot of love for Christian because of their friendship, but I don't think she was actually genuinely in love with him. And I think this was like just a lot of, I don't know. I think this was Christian's like maybe first love and he was just really hung up on it. And I honestly would just get more annoyed when he would come up and the relationship would come up because I, I don't know, something about it. I just like really did not like Christian until he told her off. I, and a lot of people had mentioned this too in the hot takes. I 
loved when Christian finally let Magnolia go and just kind of told her off because I think the characters, a lot of their issues is they just like hold in so many things. And I think Magnolia deserved to be told to F off because how she was acting with Christian was just like wrong. She fully used him. And as much as I just said, I hated him. She did fully use him in the situation. Now reading, reading Daisy hates, I'm like a Christian Stan. So I don't know. I think, yeah, I think Magnolia did a lot of damage on Christian. So I'm very glad that he did tell her off because someone had to. And I also, this shows that all roads really lead to BJ and Magnolia because he even told her she better not screw it up with BJ. And he even can see that she and BJ are endgame. And for you to be so in love with someone and then just being like, no, that's her soulmate, I think speaks volumes on this. So all roads lead to BJ and Magnolia. Glad Christian called her out because someone had to. But the one thing that I just still find hilarious and I think is foreshadowing quite a bit in the series is the Julian hates of it all. Like <laughs> the scene, that fight scene was really hard to read with BJ and Christian and finding it like just finding out that Christian was in love with Magnolia. But the fact that they found out through Julian hates and then also found out that Magnolia had that night with Julian hates was just honestly a book masterpiece because one Julian hates, I already know I'm going to love him. And I know that he's going to be very much prevalent in the series one way or another because of that one scene. I also just love the fact that BJ and Christian find out that Magnolia somehow had one special night with a gang lord and that how he's talking to Magnolia, he's like being a softie. Imagine that. You'd be like, wait, I don't, I didn't even know they knew each other and now they've had some moment and he's like London's biggest gang lord. I'd be shocked. But yeah, then it just led to like that fight, which I thought was so hard to read. But I mean, wow, I'm excited to see where this goes with Julian because I think there's going to be a lot more that goes on just from that one scene. Because I mentioned how that scene was hard to read. I want to get to the heartbreaking moments. I honestly felt heartbroken for all characters in that scene because I think BJ, it was hard enough for him knowing that Christian and Magnolia were something, but then to find out your best friend is in love with her, I just felt devastating. And I also think it was devastating for Christian and Magnolia because they kind of knew the extent of what their actions caused in that scene. I think Magnolia finally realized how much she led Christian on. Like she knew it, but that was like eye-opening for her. And I think she also finally had to answer for some of her actions, which I don't think Magnolia Parks has ever had to do. And I also think if that didn't happen, Christian would never get over Magnolia. So it was heartbreaking to read because just thinking of what the characters internally would go through through that moment, it just hurt a little bit. Another big heartbreaking moment for me in this book was just Magnolia finding out about her parents' divorce and how the dad was with, what's her name, Marcelli? Oh my gosh, I'm so bad with names. The nanny. We're just going to call her the nanny so I don't embarrass myself. Um, mostly because how against she was 
with BJ for cheating and basically saying you can never forgive him because of that when she was hooking up with Magnolia's dad. I thought that was just crappy. I feel like the nanny is just Magnolia's parental figure. And I think being betrayed by that was just really sad to read. I felt really bad for Magnolia in that point because I feel like the one figure that she really did trust and knew as a parent betraying her, I really felt for her. That really broke my heart in that moment. But that also leads me to the next heartbreaking moment, which was BJ telling Magnolia about the cheating. I, I was devastated. Like for so many things, for him cheating and him realizing how much he messed up, they had to comfort each other when each other is the person that, or Magnolia had to comfort BJ when BJ was the one that hurt her, but she loved him so much. She had to comfort him in a time where he was having a panic attack and he was devastated, but she was also devastated because of him. I, that was so sad. I was holding back tears in that point. And you just like, it's another time where you really see their love for each other because wanting to comfort each other when you're in the situation that messed up. Oh, that really, that broke me. But it also made me realize there's way more to this cheating thing than what we're reading. I, I'm calling it now. There's more going to come that's going to come out from the story, which I'll get into later. But yeah, him just going straight over. I, ugh, that was so hard to read. But I think the number one, most heartbreaking moment to me other than like the cheating scandal because that was obviously devastating but would be bj being on drugs that scene where he overdosed was a hard part to read i think like jessa hastings is such a good writer with this the fact that like you go through all these roller coasters and then she writes this like heart-wrenching scene where he's overdosing and magnolia having to be there when there's another girl in the bedroom that's not her, like, oh, that was, wow. It was a hard scene to read. I just read it and I was like, I need a second to process what I just read. But then when Magnolia finds out that BJ went back on drugs, which honestly, that pissed me off more than the cheating. I feel like that was like the number one non-negotiable to never do drugs again. And when he started doing them, I was like, you are fully throwing her away for this one. So when she found out, I was like, my heart broke. And especially because I think at that moment, BJ really thought it was the end. He says in this moment, I start to wonder how many people in your lifetime do you get to love? Please tell me it's two. Because I think then he just knows like, Magnolia, I've lost her. Like she's gone because I did this. He knew that would mess her up. So it was really shocking to me, honestly, that they got back together after this because this just made, I think this was a bigger betrayal, honestly, than the cheating because the reason why Magnolia, obvious, well, obvious reasons why you don't want someone to do drugs, but because she actually almost saw him die. And at the end of the day, a world without BJ for Magnolia, even if they're not together. Obviously, someone dying is horrible, but like just having to make her think about a world without him was so hard. And that she basically was like, you hurting yourself breaks my heart more than you cheating on me. And then so when he did that again, I was like, no, 
honestly surprised they got over the drug part because, wow, that was, I'm just speechless, really. It was just really hard. One last thing I want to get into is the cheating scandal, obviously. So when I was talking to Joe about this, she had mentioned when she's reread Magnolia Parks, there are a lot of hints that Hallie and BJ hooked up. Like you could have seen this coming, but I think again, Jessa Hastings is such a good writer that she's good at dropping these hints, but keeping us distracted at the same time. When I was reading through the book, I noticed this one part that I stumbled on again. And it's when BJ Magnolia are kind of working things out. And then Holly was like, well, Tora's going to be there. And Magnolia's like, well, he's promised me it's not her. And then Polly's there saying like, well, what if he's lying? And then there's this interaction with the P's and BJ. And BJ says to Polly, I was straight to her. I might be a fuck up, but at least I'm not a fucking liar. And in that moment, I was like, this is the biggest fuck you to Polly from BJ. But you wouldn't really notice that because it just seems like Polly's being a good friend, but she's actually being the worst friend because she is just trying to dig this hole to say that he's lying about who he's cheated with when he's the only person not lying about who he's cheated with. He's not saying it, which could in a sense be a lie, but BJ in this instance has been the only person in the whole friend group that knows who is straight up with Magnolia. He didn't lie about it. He actually has never lied about the cheating. He's admitted things, but he's never lied. And then there's Polly here trying to say that he's a liar. The one thing that BJ isn't, honestly, I think is a liar. So that scene, when I reread it, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I didn't even think of this. And then Jonah's uneasy because Jonah knows. I think if I were to read Magnolia Parks again, I would notice these things and hate Polly even more. And in the book, so Magnolia says, this is in chapter seven, so early on, she says, infidelity aside, you think he's perfect, that we're perfect, and that nothing in this world, past, present, or future, could be big enough or bad enough to justify us not being together. I get that. I've been there. I've thought that too. And when she says this, I think it just shows that she is knowing that she could possibly get over the infidelity. But I think the reason why she can't, obviously, is because of it's her best friend. And that is just like opening a whole other can of worms because a friendship breakup and betrayal is far more worse than your boyfriend betraying you. Because I think if it was someone like Tora or whoever, whatever model, Magnolia could somehow maybe move on from it. But she's now getting betrayed by her boyfriend slash soulmate and her best friend. And I think it's devastating that Magnolia mentions, oh, like Polly was crying with me. No, she wasn't crying with you. She was crying for herself because Polly, I think, was always into BJ and was always jealous. And she took this opportunity herself. I, when I was reading the scene back, I almost thought that like BJ was drugged and that's how it happened. I don't know. I don't think that's the case now, but I think there is more to how this happened than what we know. I think honestly, BJ could be more innocent than we think, mostly because I just think Polly is the worst. She is the absolute worst. 
I, I, I wish nothing good for Polly. I wish that she stubs her toe on every corner because she's a, hor a horrible person. For you, she, I think like she knew what she was doing, and then just lied, 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 cried with Magnolia because she's crying about her own issues with BJ, and then just keeps making him seem like a bad person and keeps lying about it. What was she gonna do? Convince Magnolia BJ was an endgame, then try and get with him later in the like in life? Probably she sucks. I don't like her. But it was. This is a we don't like Polly podcast. Is her name even Polly? Pally? I don't even care if I'm not pronouncing this one right because she deserves for me to pronounce her name wrong because I don't like her. <laughs> wow, I'm getting really spicy. Jeez, I need to calm down. It's like she's betrayed me. Overall, reading that scene was so hard because re prior, them rekindling was like the most beautiful moment ever. Like BJ and Magnolia, their rekindling scene, I was like in my feels and I was so happy for them. And then them going to tell her friends and then that happening, I just like, you kind of knew something at that point was going to happen because there's no way that they would just be happy. And then that was that, especially with her not knowing who he cheated on her with. But like, Going from like my highest of highs to my lowest of lows, that was devastating. But I will say friendship breakups are way worse. And I think that in this instance, Magnolia, the reason why it's affecting her mostly is because she needs to now mourn a friendship because Allie was the person she would go to about BJ. And now we hate her. She's out of here. I'm excited to read a bit more about this because I think there's more to it than we know. And I'm sure people who are like listening to this who have read the whole series are either telling me I'm an idiot or agreeing with me. But yeah, this is, ugh, I don't know. This whole book makes me think I don't know, but makes me say a lot of words at the same time. <laughs> um, but those are mostly all my thoughts about Magnolia Parks. I'm sure more will come up. Um, I do plan on doing a full episode again on Daisy Hates because a lot of my thoughts that I have here have definitely gotten stronger. So I am excited to bring those up. I'm still processing Daisy Hates. I'm still processing Magnolia Parks. I am very excited to dive into the series and universe way more than I already have. This is my newest hyperfixation obsession and I'm happy with it. So that's all I have to say. Please let me know if you agree or disagree. And if I forgot anything, send me all of your Magnolia Parks theories. So I'm going to wrap this up here because I feel like the more I talk, the more I'll think of more things to say about Magnolia Parks, which we can definitely discuss in later episodes because I'm sure things will come up. But if you have any more thoughts about it, please message me. I love discussing these theories and thoughts about the book. I mean, if you hate the book, I'm not the person to talk to about it because obviously I love it. But yeah, we'll end this here. If you want any more book recommendations or my opinions on books, you can follow me at the Bad Gals Book Club on Instagram and new episodes of the podcast come out every Tuesday. So we'll see you next week. And remember, cool gals love reading. Bye.